This teaching is brought to you by Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. We believe that as you listen, faith is set up in you to become all God has called you to be. Thank you and God bless you. We thank you God for your protection. We thank you for our loved ones. We thank you God for our health. Thank you God for our academics. Thank you God for your plans and your purpose you have for us to be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your angels that watch over us, that keep us and preserve us from all evil. We say blessed be your name in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. All right, angel have your sons. As um thousand people here and if I have two people here I'm still going to preach like I'm preaching praise God it's so important alright let's just um, let's, so we had some um, some interesting things to learn from last week I hope you enjoyed last week's Sunday service help you learn something right alright praise God one of the things I like to always encourage people is um I know that people say things like go back to your notes at home. I don't know how many really do that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how many really do that. So I'll be truthful with you. I don't. I'm, I won't lie. You know, people, people can get upset with me that say, oh, you don't do this. But one thing I try to do is when I'm in service, I open my spirit. I want my spirit up to receive. I, I listen to everything, right? And I try to remember most of the things that may, maybe that's just how I am, right? I, I can't say everybody's like that. So if you're going to be writing, good, right? But for me, I'm going to be listening. So when I listen, and I go back home, and I try and go back to those scriptures you quoted and check them. So if you're going to be writing, please write. But most importantly, when you're in church, try to open your spirit. Why? <clears throat> because beyond what the preacher says, the Holy Spirit knows what each and every person is going through. Right? <clears throat> so the, the, the preacher is like a, a channel to different people. And the Holy Ghost is going to be saying A to somebody, B to somebody. In different, it's the same thing the preacher is saying, but you are hearing it in different ways. Right, so please always open your spirit when we um, come to God, when we do, when we're in church to, um, to listen to God's word. Praise God, hallelujah! All right, let's start. ABC of redemption. So, some of my word, oh, we, we talked about this last week. Yes, this is part three, and, and let me also explain why I do this. I do this because I find out that if you jump from topic to topic. Most of the times, people don't even understand. People have not really understood the first one. So, uh, I'm sure many of us went to school. A whole semester, most of the times, <coughs> lecturer is teaching same thing from different different angles, right? And the whole semester is probably two or four, four or five topics, but from different angles until you understand, you know. So, 
I try to make sure that I don't teach too many things in a short time so that people don't have too many to digest. So I teach one thing for three weeks, four weeks, then we go to something else. We talk about that for three weeks, four weeks, so that after four weeks, you have a good understanding and you can apply it to your life. All right, praise God. All right, let's go. Um, so uh, this, this is what we, we started with this last week. So let's go. For all I've seen and I've fallen short of what? The glory of God. Being what? Justified freely by what? His grace. Through what? The redemption that's where? In Christ Jesus. So we started talking about redemption. 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 There's the redemption in no other. And this is the beginning of Christianity. Christianity without understanding that Jesus died for us. Not just for us, for the whole world. And that's one of the things I want us to see today. You know, he died for the whole world. Everybody say the whole world. The whole world. So just think out. Think about somebody you don't like. <laughs> now you shouldn't like there's, there should be anybody that you don't like. But just think of somebody you don't like. Just imagine you don't like somebody. I'm assuming that you like everybody, but just assume there's somebody you don't like. Just there for that person. <laughs> and, and if you understand that the way you relate to people will be different. You're going to value people. Even when you have differences, cultural differences, ideological differences, you're still going to love people because Jesus died for them. Praise God. I don't have to agree with everything you do, but that doesn't stop me from loving you. Right? I don't have to agree. I don't have to agree your beliefs. Right? Just the way you can like a particular kind of food and I don't like it. That doesn't mean I, I can't love you. Oh, just, let me use my wife as a nice example. There are some meals she likes and I don't like. <laughs> there are some meals maybe I like that she doesn't like. But that doesn't stop us from loving each other. So because I have a disagreement with on what you believe, it doesn't mean I don't love you. But that doesn't also mean that you should also put pressure on me to believe what you believe. You see, love doesn't push his own ideas, does not force people. Anything that tries to force you to believe something is not of God. It's not of God. Praise God. Praise God. Alright. So all I've seen and the function of the glory of God. Let me tell myself. Alright. Okay. For all I've seen of the glory of God. We talked about this last week. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption as in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a what? A propitiation by his blood. Through faith. Everybody say through faith. Come on, say through faith. Through faith. I, I, we're going to look at faith in, in the coming months. You see, faith is important in believing. Most of the time, people have a problem in why we believe what we believe. How can you just wake up and believe in, you know, I've seen people on the news say, a guy called Jesus 2,000 years ago, some story. You're right. It's called faith. <laughs> You're right. It's a guy called Jesus. Two thousand years ago, I never met him, but I believe in him. Spiritual things are not things that you th- you that you think with your mind. They are things of the spirit. God is a spirit. Because God is spirit, so spiritual things are not things we just want to. It's, it's not mass. It's not. It's not. We calculate it. One plus one is two. So if so, if I can't reason it out then I can't believe it. Sorry, that's not spirituality. 
Spirituality is a thing of faith. It's a thing of, I don't see, but I believe. I know. I know. And the truth is that we believe all these things. We, we practice in other areas. You know, <laughs> how, how many of you believe the day you were born? If you ask, my, ba- my birthday is um, September 12th. But how do I know September 12th? Somebody told me. That's the truth. And I believe it till today. What about, you know how we write dates in Canada? Write May, maybe May 14th or May 15th. Or let's say May, May that's 05-04-2022. What about if they switch the 0504 to 0405 on your birth certificate? <laughs> what does that mean? We are born a different day, but you believe. So, believing is a choice. That's what I want to bring up. Believing is a choice. You choose to believe. It's not, it's not reasoning. Christianity is a choice we've chosen to believe in Jesus. We have made that choice. We make a choice. So we might not be able to understand everything. Why would you explain everything? Just like in natural life, you don't understand everything. But we choose to believe it. Praise God. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had got 26. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just. And the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The one who has faith. So we must have faith in Jesus. We must have faith in Jesus. We must have faith in Jesus. Give me the next slide. Verse 7 says, In whom we have what? Redemption. I want to, we have to know it. Through what? His blood. We don't have redemption through any other means. Christianity is based on the redemption through the blood of Jesus. It's simple. Praise God. We need the devil to confuse us. <laughs> Our redemption. Why are you a, how do you believe you're a Christian? Because Jesus shed his blood for me. Simple. See, Christianity is very simple. And, and, and that's why I like to make whatever I teach. I like to break it down to the simplest form because Jesus was never complex. Because it was never a difficult person to understand. He used trees, animals, several things to explain to common people. He wasn't sitting with PhD holders and having <laughs> very scientific discussions. No. He was with the commoners, he was explaining it. So, and I believe that that's how um, the word of God should be taught. Simple. Praise God. So I brought a few verses today. Let's look at them. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. It says, Who has what? Delivered up because of our what? Our offenses. And has what? Was raised because of our what? Justification. I gave you another translation. It says, He has what? He was handed over to die because of what? Our sins. And He was raised to life to make us what? Right with God. He was handed over to die. God allowed Jesus to die for us. I always say this. Somebody has to pay for sin. It's either we allow, we receive what Jesus has done for us or we choose to pay ourselves. And we can never pay. No human being can really pay for his sins. It's not possible. 
We can try to do so many pious things and nice things and give to the poor and love people, but we can't pay for our sins. It's not possible. I, I know there are people that try to do things like that. Just want to give out, you know. They donate a lot to charity, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you see, those are supposed to be byproducts of after you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending what? Christ to what? Die. For us, while we were still what? Sinners. You know, Jesus didn't die for Christians. Mm. He died for the whole world. The meanest person you know, the worst person that ever lived on the earth, Jesus died for him. Him or her. It says, while we were still sinners, God's great love for us, by sending Christ to die for us, while we were still sinners, and since we have been made right in God's sight, we are going to see some... You see, one of the things about Christianity is that Christ came to make us right with God. Never allow the devil make you feel, now that you are in Christ Jesus, that God is far away from you because of what you've done. It's, 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 it's difficult for the human mind but it's a spiritual lie. God can never be far from anyone that has received Jesus as other Savior because Christ has made you right. Your right standing with God is based on one single thing that Christ died for you and I. So I'll say, oh, are you saying now that I can leave my life anyhow? No. I'm not saying that. It's like saying, now that I'm a believer in Christ Jesus, no, no, let me see, now that I've got permanent residence in Canada, can I now break all the laws? No. I can't. Or not that whenever I become a citizen of Canada, can I now live my life anyhow? No. It doesn't mean, but that does not also change the fact. You see, because you have done something wrong does not mean your citizenship has changed. So because now that you, you did something wrong, does not mean you are no more a child of God. As long as you receive what Jesus has done for us. Alright. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. For there is no God. Uh, there is only one word. God. I know there is a lot of debate about it. But I am not reading the Bible. This is not my opinion. I have no opinion about this. <laughs> for there is one God. And uh, what? One word. Mediator between what? God and men. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a what? Ransom. For what? All. To be what? Testified in due time. So let's read it on that translation to make it easier. He wants not only us, but everyone saved. Again. Everyone say everyone. everyone. Come on, say everyone. everyone. Come on, say everyone. everyone. I know that we might have perceptions about people and all that. But God wants everyone saved. You know, everyone to get to know what? The truth we have learned. That there's one God. Everybody say one God. And only one. One priest mediator between God and Jesus. Who what? Offered himself in what? That's what we're going to do. Everybody say exchange. 
come on, say exchange. exchange or substitution. For everyone held captive by sin to set them all free. Eventually, the news is going to get out. The news that, look, Jesus has paid for you. Hey, you don't have to be held bondage to sin anymore. You don't have to be held bondage to sickness anymore. Now your sins have been forgiven. That message is going to get out. And that's why we're here. We need to tell the whole world this. The world has heard, has heard things like, oh, God hates you. God doesn't love you. You're going to hell. Your life is, is finished. You lived, you've lived a terrible life. You've been a drug addict. No, that's not the message we bring. The message we bring is, look, you've been set free. You don't have to live that life anymore. Now that you are free, come, 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 come and enjoy the life in Christ. He said he offered himself in exchange. He took our place that we might take his place. Oh, nice. He took his, our place in sin that will take his place in glory. He took our place in hell that will enjoy his place in heaven. What a great exchange. How many of us have traded our phones? There's a new iPhone coming out right now. Maybe later in the iPhone 14, right? And we take our phones and we go to Apple and say, Take. Do you go back with the phone you went with? No. no. You take a new phone. What have you done? You've done an exchange. So, what happened to us? We're going to see a few things that happen. It, as I'm talking to you, I'm just, I'm just feeling the love of God. He took our sins. That what, so if he's taking our sins, then we took something from him. We took something from him. If he took this sin, and the nature of sin, and sickness, and poverty, and lack, then we took something from him. Or else there was no exchange. There was never an exchange. So let's look at a few things. Number one, peace and access to God. You read about that access to God. Let's read, let's read chapter, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. He says, Therefore, having been what? Justified by faith. Like I said, we become Christians by faith. We have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God is never mad at you. Hello. Let it, let it, let, let it sing to every one of us. God is never mad at you. God is never mad at us. We have peace with God. Come on, say, say, I've got peace with God. I've got peace with God. Even when you've done something wrong. You might not be at peace with the person you offended. You might not be at peace with the government. But you've got peace with God. Through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand rejoice in the hope of the glory of God I always say this when you mess up and make a mistake that is the time to run to God the devil tells you your conscience tells you hey you messed up God doesn't want to hear your prayers I'm not going to have to maybe you're in church you say lift up your hands as your hands are just going up and so just as was it not you last night put those hands down remember what you did two weeks ago it's not you they are talking about. God is mad at you. And that's why you find that when people make mistakes, the first thing you want to stop doing is coming to church. 
What an error. They think God is mad at them. Maybe your pastor might be mad at you. But God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you. He says, through whom we have access by faith. And you must believe it is by faith. Because let me tell you something. Your conscience, your feelings, your emotions will tell you otherwise. Praise God. It's going to tell you otherwise. It's going to tell you, hey, God is mad at you. Things are bad. God doesn't want to see your face. You are sick because you did something. You are broke because you did something. You haven't tried your academic relationship because you did this and that. No. That's the devil talking to you. The Bible says we have access. You must have faith. You must go beyond how much you feel about it. To believe in that look, I've got access to God 24-7. You know, I... You know, we have faith in natural people, in natural things. How many of you have had syncomes that tell you their customer care is open 24-7? You can call them. 24 hours of the day, 7 hours. Anytime you call them, they're available. If natural men can have, can create such for natural things, is it God that's going to shut the line? That's not possible. I've not seen an organization that says, because somebody did something, a customer said something, that the customer called the customer care, that this line will be blocked. <laughs> I remember I called the customer care and said, your line has been blocked by this organization. Don't ever call us again. Nobody's going to do that. If natural men are like that, how much more the God, God that is love himself. Praise God. Number two point. No condemnation. And then I've been saying this, and I'll say it again. It says, therefore there is now no what? Condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on, say, I can never be condemned. I I refuse any form of condemnation. One more time. Say, I refuse any form of condemnation. Come on, say it again. Say, I refuse any form of condemnation. One more time. Say, I refuse any form of condemnation in my heart. There's no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. Now the case is closed. Oh, I wish we could, could reduce it a bit. It says now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation. That voice that you hear that tries to condemn you about what you've done is not from God. You see, if people know this, we will not allow the devil to get us into a place of depression. Because a good number of people that get depressed is either something they did or somebody did something to them and, and they allow that voice. Maybe they're in depression, hear voices. You did this. Or you lost that opportunity because you were slow, because of what you did. Oh, he did this to you. Maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you're not pretty enough. That's why he did this. And that, and that voice gets louder and louder. And as that goes on, their confidence drops, 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 and they get to a place of despair and depression. You see, there is no voice. That voice, when you hear that voice, tell yourself that voice is from the devil. It's not from God. That voice of accusation is not from God. That voice of accusation is not, even when you make the mistake yourself, that voice of accusation is not from God. Listen to me. 
God is on your side every time. Never you forget this. Go back to that. Go back to that scripture. It says, There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in union with Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I refuse any voice of condemnation. Any voice that wants to accuse me of what I've done wrong in the past. Or what am I going to do tomorrow? (laughs) Praise God. Because I can't guarantee anybody I'm not going to make a mistake tomorrow. I can't guarantee you. I'm not Jesus. But one thing I can assure you, even when I make a mistake, I'm going to run to God. I know where to run to. I know where to run. I know where to run to every time. I will not entertain that voice of condemnation. That voice that wants to put me down. That voice that tells me I'm not good enough. That voice that tells me because of the mistakes I made in the past, I'm not going to achieve success. No, I refuse it. That voice is not from God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Number three. We are delivered from the power of darkness. Ocean chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. It says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be what? Partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We'll come to that as we grow. <laughs> he has delivered us. Oh, glory to God. He has delivered us. The Lord has delivered us from the power of darkness. Woo! Glory to God. From the power of darkness. From the power of darkness. And conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You know, whether we like it or not, there are dark forces. Praise God. There are dark forces everywhere. Everywhere. Praise God. I know, I know my feeling in Canada and everything is nice, but there are dark forces everywhere. The Bible says we've been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of His Son. So right now, where are we? I told you, yes, Jesus came and His death brought an exchange. If before we were in the kingdom of darkness, now we are in light. We are in the kingdom of his son. We are no more under the domain and the control of Satan. Because in a kingdom, everybody is subject to the king. And if we are no more in the devil's kingdom, we are not subject to him anymore. Meaning that the things he throws at other people, he doesn't have a right to do it to us. He doesn't have the right to do it to us. Okay. My sister here is from Jamaica, right? Now that you're in Canada, the laws of your country, what about laws there? No matter how, maybe there's a terrible law that says females, which I know doesn't happen in your country, that says females can't go to, to school. If you were still there, those laws will apply to you, right? But now that you're here, those laws can't apply to you anymore. The same thing. We are no more in the devil's kingdom. So whatever rules applies there, whatever sufferings that happens there, whatever torture, punishments that happens there, it can't happen to us because we are no more in his kingdom. We have changed location. Glory to God. We will, we will only enjoy what's in this kingdom. So 
just like in that place, there was no right. Maybe let's assume that there was no right for females to have an education. Now you've come to a different country that gives females to become everything they want to be, go to school and have everything. What law applies to you? It's not the one from that other country. So now that we are in Christ, we are now in the kingdom of light. We are now in the kingdom of God. What happens in the kingdom of God? Love, joy, prosperity, health, having a godly family, being the best in our career, having a fantastic job. That's what happens. Having a godly marriage. That's what happens. Raising wonderful children. That's what happens in this kingdom. And that's what we should expect. Anything else contrary, we refuse it. We say no. But you see, if you don't know what to expect, then anything goes. Anything that happens to you, you will take it. And you people say things like, oh, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. In this kingdom, what happens is what God allows. What is happens is what is in this kingdom. What happens in the kingdom of darkness? Does it happen to us? And someone might say, oh, but my friend is going through it. I want to ask you a question. We have our brothers in the U.S., Sometimes a 15 minutes drive in a different country. But the laws that apply to that person, no matter how close we are, don't apply to us. So if everybody around you seems to be going through doom and gloom, child of God, know that you're in a different kingdom. Know that your story has to be different. Know that you are positioned in Christ. It might be how much of you are that person. I don't tr- we don't try to justify it. But we know our experience is different because we're in a different kingdom. Glory to God. Oh, glory, glory, glory. I feel so excited already. <laughs> Number four. Okay. Um, let me read a different way. It says, he has rescued us completely from the trinical rule of darkness and has translated us in the kingdom of realm of his beloved son. Give me the next verse. Next one. Next point. Number four. Took my time. Okay, I've got five minutes. He has made us righteous. Oh, this is so powerful. We're going to spend some time talking about this maybe next week. He has made us righteous. This is one of the biggest things about Christianity. Somebody say, I'm righteous. Righteous. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Say, I'm righteous. It has nothing to do with your dressing. It has nothing to do with your looks. <laughs> Come on, say I'm righteous. Oh, what does righteousness mean? It means the right to stand before God without condemnation, without feeling guilty. It means having the nature of God Himself. And the say to say, no one is righteous. No, no, no. Now that we are in Christ, we are righteous. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense, oh lovely, you know, the one is going through all this mess because of one guy called Adam. <laughs> if by one man's offense, death, death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a gift. You don't earn it. That's the beauty. The Bible calls 
There are two kinds. There's one people call right their own righteousness, the one they want to work for, the one they want to fast for, the one they want to give all their fifty percent of their energy to, to prove their righteousness. No, it's a gift. You know what a gift is? You don't work for it. You don't earn it. It's free. It's free. It's a gift. It's a gift. But it's hard for the human mind to believe that. You mean if I receive trust into my heart, I'm now righteous. It doesn't matter what I've done or what I'm going to do. I am now the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it's true. That's the nature of God. You see, God is a love. It's so difficult for the human, human mind to understand. This kind of love is, is crazy. You know, some ladies feel that they've met some guys that are so in love with them. Crazy love. It's going to do everything you want. Fly you around. All that love is nothing compared to God's love. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It says, we receive the gift of righteousness. We reign in life through one Jesus. Verse 2. No, sorry. I want to read another scripture to just prove it. Some of the chapter 5 verse 21. It says, for he made him who was knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If it was okay for God to make Jesus that was righteous to become sin, then it's right for God to make we that were sinners to become righteous. If he's just, that's why, you know, that's just right. He is the just and the justifier. If he's just for Jesus to die, that never sinned once for me, then he's just for me that was once a sinner to become the righteous God to Christ Jesus. If you can believe that Jesus died for you, then you must, you must believe that you are righteous. That exchange is incomplete. Until you receive your righteousness. That exchange is not complete until you receive your righteousness. If just just went to the cross to die without making us righteous, then that exchange is not complete. Come on, say I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Come on, say I'm the righteous of God, righteous of God. in Christ Jesus. One more time, say I'm the righteousness of God, righteousness of God. in Christ Jesus. Christ. This is my last scripture for today. We have we have the position of power and authority. Glory to God. You see, Christianity is much more than feeling good and going to heaven. We're going to go to heaven, that's sure, right? Nobody's going to be left behind. As long as you believe in Jesus, heaven is guaranteed. But beyond that, he just didn't die. He gave us something. We were powerless. I told you, it's an exchange. We were powerless and he was powerful. So if there was an exchange that happened, it means he took our powerlessness and went to hell. And we took his strength, his power and authority. It says here, when we were what? Dead in sins. I'm sure chapter 2 from 5 to 6. Had quickened us together with Christ by grace he has saved and has raised us up together and made us to sit together where in heavenly places in where? Christ Jesus. We are seated with Christ now. Someone say, I've got some authority. I've got some authority. 
when we talk about prayer, you're going to see where, how, your, how you can use your authority to change things. The Christian is not the helpless person. The Christian is not the one that cannot find solution. The Christian is the one that God has no power. The pastor is not the only one that has power. The bishop is not the only one that has power. You see, what our job is, thank God for the power he has given us as ministers, but it's to teach the people that they've also got power and go about their business using the power of God to excel. Pastor says here, he has raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascend with him into what is a glorious perfection and authority of heavenly realm. For we are now what? Co-seated with him in Christ Jesus. The name is scripture after this. this. So where is this power? What does this power do? Let's go here. We'll end with this. I think this is the last scripture, right? No, no, we'll start with this. We'll continue that next week. Let's end with this. It says, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. And he had what and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. Don't forget, we said we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now he says we are what? He seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. So what this position, this um, let me say you are in a school and they make you the vice chancellor of the school. You must know what you can do. It's not just in the name. It's not just in the position. You accrued some responsibility and some power. Right? When they make you the CEO of a company or the main director of a company, when the board makes you that, they ascribe power to you. When you become the prime minister, it's not just in your name. You are the same person. You wear the same clothes. But something has changed. You are now the prime minister. Suddenly, when you wake up in the morning, and you want to step out, you, get, you have like 20 guys outside of you, outside your house. Before you, maybe you're, before you could just stop over and just take, like you guys just came now, just stopped and take um, coffee. Next time when you're maybe at the Prime Minister's wife or you're at the Prime Minister yourself, before you sip that coffee, someone's gonna take it and have a sip. Before you sip it yourself, something has changed. Something has changed about you. You still you dress the same way. You probably have the same parents. You're not gonna change your parents. <laughs> you have the same siblings. But you now have an office. You are sitting in a different place. Everything has changed about you. That's what happened to us in Christ Jesus. When he rose from the dead, when he died, there was an exchange. We were powerless. We are weak. We had no authority. He could mess our life around. But now that we are in Christ Jesus, he says that we are far above. This is what has been given to us. To his and powers, mights and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That which is to come. Praise God. Come to rise up on our feet. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. We are not the weak ones. We are not the helpless ones. We are those that are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to just take some time and just 
open your mouth and just talk to God and say, Lord, I'm going to walk in the reality of everything that you've done for me in Christ Jesus. I'm going to walk in my righteousness. I'm going to walk in my authority. I'm going to walk in power. I'm going to be everything you've created me to be in Christ. I'm going to enjoy everything that Christ died for. Oh, I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to enjoy sound health. I'm going to enjoy bliss in my career, in my academics. I'm going to enjoy prosperity. Whatever I need, I know you're going to supply. Because now that I'm in Christ Jesus, I'm your child. You are the one taking care of me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Talk, talk to him. Talk to him. Now that he's your father, say, Father, I have access to you at every time. Oh, I have access. I know that you love me. I know that you care for me. I know that I have access to you. You are not far away from me. No, I'm always in your presence. Because of what Christ has done. Thank you. My mistakes don't count anymore. Ha ha ha. Glory to God. My mistakes don't count anymore. Ha ha ha. Glory to God. Jesus took it. There was an exchange of my mistakes. Every voice of condemnation. Come on, silence it right now. Any voice has told you you can't do this. You can't achieve this. You can't go here. You can't become this. Tell that voice no more, no more, no more. I refuse every voice of condemnation. Every voice of accusation. Now that I'm in Christ Jesus, I've got victory. Hallelujah. I've got victory. Hallelujah. I'm everything that God has created me to be. I'm walking. I'm walking in that exchange that Christ did on the cross. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Thank you once again for joining us here at Kingswood International Church. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. Feel free to visit our website at kingswordbritishcolumbia.com. That is kingswordbritishcolumbia.com for more teachings. God bless you.